Sunday morning, and I was um, at uh, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, which was um, our first call in, in ministry. And it was one of the first sermons that uh, I was giving there. And uh, Jerry Austin was with me, and he was just trying to encourage me, you know, just trying to, to support me and um, just talking with me, helping to calm my nerves as I was about to enter into the sanctuary. And, and, and Jerry was a good old fella. And so he looked at me and said, you know, I don't know exactly what to, to tell you here. I, I don't think break a leg is, is the right thing. <clears throat> and what I might normally say to somebody in this kind of situation certainly doesn't fit. Because you know, I don't think it would make sense for me to tell you to give them hell. So I tell you what, give them heaven. And at that point, that had been sort of a charge that I've been seeking to live into for these uh, 19 years. And one, I think, it energizes the church. That we're called to have the responsibility and the opportunity to give them heaven. And for some of you, that, that just, you just jump right on that train. You know, you're ready to go. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't even need to stay here anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I'm charged. I'm, I'm worked up. Well, just hold on. Just wait. Just get fueled up a little bit more. Because we won't be here too long. And then you're free to go. And give them heaven wherever you go. Others of us might consider that particular charge and say, man, isn't that overreaching a little bit? I mean, give them heaven? I mean, isn't... Do we really have that authority? Do we have that power? Do we have that capability? I mean, isn't that really God's job? And the answer is yes to all those questions. If you recall, a number of times, Jesus tells the disciples and he tells the church that, that we have the power of the keys of the kingdom. Matthew eighteen eighteen. I think we might even have it on the screen. Words of Jesus. Truly I tell you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Man, that doesn't smack you upside the head. There's, there's some direct correlation, direct correspondence between what the church, God's, God's people, what the Jesus followers do on earth with what is accomplished and happens in heaven. In John chapter 14... Verse 12, Jesus speaking to the disciples. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. We can stop there and be amazed. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. 
Yeah, that's, we quote that in a sense in a prayer that we regularly say. We're not going to say it uh, today. But we regularly pray, God help us to do greater things than Jesus. And inevitably, people will come to me. I'll say, man, where do you get that? I mean, isn't that arrogant? I'm like, yeah, it is. But, you know, don't blame me. Blame Jesus. Because it's what he told us. That we will be doing greater things than even he did. I don't get that. I don't understand it. Don't ask me to explain it. I just know that's what he said. And so we're going to pray regularly. That's the only thing I know how to do to be able to pursue that. And then John 20, 22 and 23, the passage we read on uh, Resurrection Sunday, on, on Easter Sunday. It was Jesus' uh, appearance to the disciples. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The very power of God's Holy Spirit that Jesus breathes upon his church now is at work in the world as carriers, conduits of the grace and mercy of heaven to bring to all who will hear forgiveness of their sins, relief of their burdens, release from their shackles of sin. We have the responsibility, privilege to do the very thing that Jerry Austin told us to do. To give them heaven. It's clear that God has chosen the church to give heaven to earth. That the the heavens and the earth are connected. And the work of the church is to be a window into the ways of heaven. So in all humility, in, in total dependence on Jesus in complete reliance upon His Holy Spirit within us, we get to give them heaven. If indeed that is the case, if that is indeed our opportunity and responsibility, then we must be sure that we are in tune with a proper understanding of what it means to be Jesus followers what it means to be God's people, what it means to be His church. I invite you to turn with me to to 1 Peter chapter 2, which is our passage for um, today. We'll we'll read verses 1 through 16. And this is where Peter sort of outlines a a little bit, uh, pulling together what it means to be the church. As we read through this, I really want you to listen for the names that Peter uses, that Peter calls the church, the new names that he's given to the church that are worthy. I mean, these names are worthy of the calling that God has given to us. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, we thank you again for your word written. 
We thank you for what you communicate to us through it. We pray that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and continue to form us through your word, through our support and encouragement of one another to be your people, to carry out the task that you've given us. Indeed, to give them heaven. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, found on page 984 in your pew Bible, if you want to turn there. Or feel free to get out whatever electronic device you might have that has it on there. Hear the word of the Lord. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to Him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. To you then, who believe, He is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that they, so that though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when He comes to judge. For the Lord's sake, accept the authority of every human institution, whether of the emperor as supreme or of governors as sent by Him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing right, you should silence the ignorance of the foolish. As servants of God, live as free people, yet do not use your freedom as a pretext for evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To catch the, the names that, that Peter is using to, uh, as an honorable name for the people that God has called to, to give heaven uh, to the world. In verses 4 and 5, he, he talks about us being living stones. 
living stones that, that God is, is as the, the, the master builder, is bringing together to, to make a spiritual house, a, a group of, of people that he's pulling together to be a, a spiritual house where there, in that, among them, in that spiritual house, in that fellowship, he then carries out sacrifices that proclaim the good news of the work of Jesus in our midst. Verse 9, it says, But you now are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Now, now what he's doing, what, what Peter is doing, is he's, he's transferring now the very promise of God, the covenant of God to Israel, and he's saying this now is broadened, and it includes, it is the church. Whereas in the Old Testament, there was a physical building. There were real bricks, and they made a real building. It was called the temple, and the temple was where, in a sense, God resided upon earth. And there were certain people of the Israelites who were priests. And those priests would go into the temple. And there, in a sense, the, the temple in the temple was like a window between heaven and earth. And the priests would take the sacrifices into the Holy of Holies and there offer them unto God, in a, in a sense, carrying out the transactions that secured the forgiveness of God's people, that affirmed the forgiveness of God's people. And the, the priests would, would engage with the people. They would take the sins of the people, carry them into the Holy of Holies, and there pursue God's forgiveness for them. Peter is now saying that that covenant, the, the, the way things worked in the Old Testament, now are spiritualized in the New. Uh, that, that now there, there's not a, a class of people that are called priests. Anyone who follows Jesus is a priest. Anyone has access to that holy of holies, has access to the, the window between heaven and earth. And anyone who's a follower of Jesus is now then a priest who then goes into the world. It's no longer centered in a building. It's centered in people. And that, that, that people, now what, what used to be the nation of Israel, used to be the race of those who were Jewish, well, well now in the New, New Testament day, the church is now that chosen race. The, the church is, is now that holy nation. And so the, any allegiance that we have to, to our, our race, to our ethnicity, to our nation, to our family, those are secondary in comparison to our allegiance to our Lord and Savior and to the calling that God has upon us. No longer happens in a physical place. It happens spiritually through a people. It is through us. It is in us together that the Spirit resides. We are being built into that temple, that spiritual temple. 
mean, these are grand names that God has given to us because of the task that He has given to us to give heaven to the world. To offer the forgiveness that He has secured for us. And we are living stones being made into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, God's own people. You can see those are names that are, that are worthy of the call to bring heaven to the earth. Then you can, maybe you can see a little bit why I'm, I'm weird this way, uh, among others. But I don't like the word used of church. I don't like to call people volunteers. That just seems like a weak word to me. Now, I know it's literally true. You know, that for, for most, you're not paid financially to do the work of the church. But, you know, I, I volunteer in all kinds of ways. You know, I mean, volunteer is what I do when I go to Clara's lacrosse game and I take up tickets. Or this Thursday I get to announce. And so I told her, if she scores a goal, I'm really going to go off on her name. You know, but it's something that comes and goes. You know, I can take it or leave it. You know, when she's done lacrosse, playing lacrosse, I'm not going to another game. (laughs) Now, we we are not volunteers. We are ministers together. That's why my turn, I like ministry partners. We are partners in ministry together about the task that God has given us to do since the creation of the world to bring heaven to earth in the midst of a broken world. That needs words like holy nation, a royal priesthood, names worthy of the call that God has given to us. That's what we need. It it did my heart really good to hear this story. Some of you may know this this gentleman, um, Bob uh, Higsby. Uh, but, But he's got to get here early in the morning. He's uh, riding on his lawnmower. You can see it in the back of the picture there. And he's picking up trash. He's cleaning things up. He's cutting the grass. He's, he's the one that, that planted all the bulbs from Easter so that you know, next spring and summer they're going to pop up who knows where. It's always fun just to see where he put them. But, but Bob's a part of the ministry team that surrounds this facility. He... He's not planting bulbs and taking care of the grass. He is about giving heaven to the world. And a staff member was being really nice, uh, but too bad they got caught in the crossfire here. And they were introducing Bob to uh, somebody else. They'd never met him. They said, hey, let me introduce you to one of the volunteers at the church. And Bob looked at that staff member and said, I'm not a volunteer. I'm a member. I'm a member here. I'm like, Bob, you get it, brother. You go, man. That's exactly right. You're a a member of a team. You're you're a member of God's people who's called to give God's heaven to the world. And he gets it. Do the rest of us get it? No, that, that we're... 
We're on a team. We're on a team that's gone throughout the ages and around the world that is filled with God's Spirit, that is called with a huge task, the grandest task of all of history, to bring heaven to earth. To give them heaven. That's the task that is before us. The passage goes on and it talks about how we're then to act. But we're not going to go into that. I just want to focus on recognizing the gravity of the names we are given that are worthy to the task that we're about. And whether or not you pass out bulletins, you you cut the grass, you teach the Bible, you count money, whatever the, the, the task that you are a part in the work of the church, and whatever task that you are a part as as you go into your workplace, into your school, into your your home, into your neighborhood, that you are about the task of giving heaven to the world. You aren't just doing anything. You are about the community, the team. You are a partner on the team that brings heaven. By God's command that brings heaven to earth. You know, we had the privilege here... uh, ...with uh, the last several months to to have a couple, uh, three uh, adult baptisms... You know, and each one had a unique, different story. One shared with how that that she moved from from darkness to light. She she had this um, awakening because she was in one of the one-on-one listening sessions in the White House, and it was through that 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 heaven broke in to her earthly existence. Another shared it was because. She was in one of the adult spiritual formation classes, actually the Experiencing God class. Uh, that it was there that, that, that heaven broke new ground in her earthly existence. And that Jesus became more than a name to her. And then another um, gentleman that stood before us to say Jesus was Lord and Savior of his life. And, and, and And it was because of the accumulation of the work of God's people, the accumulation of the witness of his parents, of his Sunday school teachers, of his youth group involvement, that he could stand here now and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he said it with such a boldness. What a privilege that we even get to see the fruit of the labor that God is doing in our midst of of bringing heaven to break in to their earthly existence and in to ours. And not only in our midst, but around the world. As, As we participate through our prayers, through our financial giving, through our supporting letters and gifts and other, we we get to participate in giving heaven to the world. As we pray for and the global workers who, who are working with Um and Abu Mahud in Jordan, Fatima in Algeria, Hassan in Morocco, the Hung family in Taiwan, 
in a, a little growing beginning church in northern Iraq. We are a part of that. As, as we give, as we pray, as we support those that have gone out there from our midst. You know, the, the Apostle Paul talks about uh, this in the with different language. He says, we are the body of Christ. He doesn't say we're like the body of Christ or that uh, this is uh, sort of your work, but, but that we are the body of Christ. We have the privilege and responsibility of giving them heaven. We get the power of the Spirit to represent Jesus on earth. It, it is our humble responsibility to look like heaven. To, to recognize the task that is ours. So that together, dependent upon Jesus, totally reliant on His Holy Spirit, we get to give them heaven. Amen. Now such a task, it's not by our abilities. It's not by our strength. It's not by our wisdom, our riches, our decisions. It is by the, the work of God in our midst and in us. So it's great then that we come to God together. We gather at the table. Uh, we, we gather at the table because we need God to feed us. It's only by His nourishment that, that we're going to look like heaven. It's only by the strength that comes from Him that we're going to be empowered to give Him heaven. We also will have, um, as is our habit when we gather at the table, we'll have healing stations. There'll be the elders of the church spread throughout the sanctuary with vials of oil to anoint you with oil, to pray for you. For whatever brokenness is in your life or the, the life of another, if you want to come up for yourself or in the stead of another invite you to come to those healing stations in whatever order you, know, you, you want. There'll be healing stations and there'll be communion stations because we need to receive the nourishment of God for such a task, for such an opportunity to be His people. Let's pray. Gracious God, we ask in this moment, at this table, that you indeed would feed us. You would nourish us. That you would, just as the, the physical elements of bread and, and juice nourish us physically, that your spirit would be present and at work to nourish our very soul to empower us for the tasks that you have given to us. 
meet us in this moment. May your spirit indeed bring your comfort, your peace, your healing, and your truth. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now what we'll, we'll do, we'll have uh, uh, folks uh, around with the bread and the cup and the uh, um, ushers will dismiss you by a rose and you can come forward to take the uh, um, communion and you take a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup and then um, you, uh, you eat as we eat and drink together. Now, if you're here and you forget that, and you get up there and you're habit, you just grab the bread and you eat it and then you don't know what to do, that's okay. We're in no hurry. Just stop, get another piece of bread, dip it in, and then eat it. It's simple. So don't be in a hurry, but come and receive the goodness of God, the gifts of God for the people of God. It was on the night that our Lord was betrayed that he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and eat. And on the same night, he took the cup saying, this is my blood that is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink, all of you, for I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. The gifts of God for the people of God.